0: Welcome to Failure
1: is Progress presented by Sweat Factory CrossFit. I am Coach Frankie Ortega. And I am Coach Keith Barber. Join us today as we discuss everything going on inside the CrossFit space and more importantly, what new and exciting things are happening in our Sweat Factory CrossFit gyms.
0: As always, thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate the support and truly enjoy the feedback we've been receiving from all of you.
1: Please reach out through our DMs on Instagram, if you aren't already following us, please do so at Failure Is Progress, all lowercase. And now on to today's episode. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Failure Is Progress. How you doing, Frankie? I'm doing amazing, man. I'm excited about this. It's been uh it's been a heck of a week so far, and it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> You've had some uh some really good wins since your uh new role. You want yep. to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I'm the general manager of our Sweat Factory CrossFit Afterburn location over in Davenport now. And it's been uh, an exciting switch. This is uh, the 31st of October. So I've officially been there one month. And uh, it's been amazing to meet all the athletes over there and really get my hands dirty trying to get that gym back to its glory. Uh, it's It's a fun gym. I think it's only going to get more fun only going to get more fun.
1: Yeah. Nowhere but up, brother. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads us into our discussion for today. Today, we're going to be talking about mindset, um, how to improve it, what it is, and where we're going, uh, how to progress through that, um, and maybe a little bit of failure along the way. <laughs>
0: Tons of failure. The more uh, failure, the better.
1: Yes, sir. Um, so my first question for you is, what is mindset? Um,
0: I think mindset in and of itself is just how we react. I think, I think without going way too deep into it right off the bat, right? It's it's how we react to everything. Um, it's how we react to situations in our daily lives, how we react to seeing a, a workout, how we react to seeing a, a movement we don't necessarily agree with or like, you know, um, see running on the workout probably not going to be too happy about it i think it's how we react to our day you know when we wake up in the morning how do you how do you wake up um so i think i think how we react to every single thing that happens to us day to day is in and of itself our mindset and learning how to control it how to make it benefit our lives is kind of a superpower Uh, Most people live without really thinking about their mindset. It's just a natural occurrence to think just like it's a natural occurrence to breathe. You know, we don't go out and consider how we're breathing and try to breathe better, right? Even though there are breathing techniques to get better at breathing or to refine breathing more efficiently. I don't think we consider our mindset as something we need to work on and the fact is it requires more practice than most things
1: absolutely um, so basically what i hear you saying is we just need to bring more intention to how we react and that sets the foundation of our mindset
0: agreed yeah intention is everything um you know myself i have struggled with mindset a lot um in, in my past i would say over the past few years i've really gotten exposed to a lot of mindset training um, youtube videos podcasts ted talks uh, books tons of books and i've really kind of learned that a lot of the things that i have developed over my life were things that i developed from others and not things from myself and because of years and years of practicing those things i got really good at them and most of them were negative um over the past i would say four or five years as i've grown listening to all of these uh so so to speak gurus right Mm -hmm. Uh, mindset coaches um entrepreneurs that i listen to who had to really struggle to get where they're at uh, i've kind of learned that you know no pun intended failure is progress (laughs) right yeah (laughs) um we we all grow up knowing that failure is a bad thing. We all grow up being taught and told that, you know, if you didn't win, you weren't good enough. If you didn't get that lift, you failed. If you didn't get an A, you know, okay, you might have gotten a B or a C, but it's still not good enough, right? You always want to be better. You always want to do more. And I think the fact is, you know, this life is is very unique. We only get one of them. We need to really embrace it and learn to love every aspect of it. And living with intention, like you said, is is really important, right? Uh, If my intention is to do my very best and give every single bit that I have, that needs to be good enough, right? Michael Jordan famously said, I can accept failure, but I can't accept not trying. I read that when I was a little kid, and it always stuck with me. Uh, if that guy can accept failure, why can't I? Who who am I to be striving for perfection? Um, and I actually heard this just a couple of days ago. I think it was Lewis Hose that said it on either his podcast, or maybe I heard it in his book. He, he does a podcast called The Greatness Mindset. No, The Greatness Mindset is his book. His podcast is called... Um, school of greatness right and he was saying about failure like not only do you have to embrace it and accept it but you have to go out of your way to fail the more you fail the better you'll get at the things you want to do so having that intention knowing that being aware of that you know we we discussed this when i first started coaching i said to you I know that I'm gonna fail at this. I know that I'm not gonna be a great coach when I start. I know that I'm still not a great coach. My intention is to be the best coach I can be. So the sooner that I start getting bad classes out of the way, the sooner that I start going through progressions that don't work, the sooner that I start flubbing my words as I'm trying to speak, the sooner I get all of that out of the way, the sooner it's in my past, the sooner that I can start really digging in and getting good at something. So yeah, that is um is definitely key. The intention is definitely key.
1: Absolutely. Um What I, about you? <laughs> Give me your perspective. Um so I I've dived a lot into sports psychology just because I there was a point in my life where I did want to be an elite athlete. <laughs> um so I've I've dived into that and um if you've ever read um, either Carol Dweck's um, book called Mindset or um, I'm blanking on the author's name, but the name of the book is Drive, which just talks about how we are motivated, um, intrinsic motivations as opposed to extrinsic motivations. Um, both of those two, I mean, and I'm, this is a vast oversimplification, but um, they basically allude to mindset being how you handle adversity. Um, so, kind of going to your point about how you react to everything that happens to you once you wake up to the time that you go to sleep, because you're not really reacting if you're unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just how you see your daily adversities. You know what I mean? How do you handle um, waking up? And, you know, in, in your case, how do you handle waking up and, and your daughters miss their alarm and they're not ready for school? You know, every how day. do you handle <laughs>
0: every single day?
1: Every single day. One of them
0: just sleeps through her alarm. Her alarm just goes on for an hour and she doesn't wake up.
1: Oh man. that's fantastic. I used to be that kid, though. I would. Oh man, I could knock out so hard. <laughs> um. But yeah, just how how do you handle adversity, and how what's your perception of what you, um. What's your perception of difficult? You know what I mean? Like, how do you view difficulties and adversity? And when we ever, when, whenever we make that mindset shift, we can really start to progress in whatever area of life we're trying to progress in.
0: I, I have something I want to discuss with you. So almost everything in your life seems to revolve around sport and sport performance. Uh, when you dive into psychology, you look into sports psychology, right? I've done kind of the opposite. I'm kind of the outside of the gym person coming in. So I'm curious about, you know, how you translate what goes on in the gym to your outside life, right? Do you have things outside of sports, outside of the gym that you deal with that create adversity or or failure for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, Good, so you are human. (laughs) Not a whole lot because (laughs) I mean, sport and the gym is pretty much my life but i mean i do have a lovely girlfriend of 2 years her name's sarah um so there there's lots of adversity there <laughs> okay uh mainly with me she's perfect in every way if she's listening <laughs> um, brownie points but yeah I had to sneak that in there Um, But yeah, there's, because I am so performance centric and I see things so analytically and things have to make sense to me, it's very difficult for me to interact with uh, Sarah because she is quite the opposite. Um, She leans on her emotions for a lot of things, her intuition for a lot of things. And I'm not saying either one is better than the other. I'm just saying when you have two two not polar opposites, but two pretty drastically opposite people trying to coexist together in the same space, it can become very difficult. Um, so I have definitely um, learned how to navigate my mindset in that situation. Okay. What
0: about, you know, um, when you were in school, right, outside of athletics, how did you handle when you had, for example, bad grades? Um, you know, how did you handle when, okay, let's talk about the L3. The L3 is a massive exam. It's a massive course, I guess. Um, And and I don't know a whole lot of it, because obviously, I'm not supposed to know until I take it. (laughs) But, you know, how did you handle going into that? What was your mindset? What was your approach? Obviously, you studied. But Mm -hmm. aside from that, you know, did you consider what about if I don't pass the level three? What is my mindset going to be
1: coming out of that Um, I absolutely consider that that was my own my main consideration (laughs) Um, and I've told you the story before but um, I honestly did not think I passed so so me not passing was a a consideration all the way up until the point where I got the paper that said that I passed even after taking the test Um, I still wasn't too confident that that had happened but um I, I tried to prepare myself as best as possible for like, what if, what if I do have to come to terms with the fact that I didn't pass this test? What if I do get that paper and it says, says that I didn't pass? Like, what does that mean about me? What does that mean about where I see my career going? What does that mean about how I envision my life being beyond that point? And, um, through through that reflection, I think you just come up with a lot of answers about who you really are, um, and again, that goes back to how you see adversity. Like me myself, I don't see adversity or difficulty as a bad thing. Like challenges are supposed to happen; we're supposed to be challenged in life because that's the only way we get better at anything. That's the only way you can progress. is if you are challenged if you're never challenged and you're just always comfortable all the time you're probably not getting any better at whatever you do like if you're an accountant and you know you're just crunching numbers and you never have a difficult situation pop up you're probably a average or less than average accountant you know what I mean yeah and the same thing in our personal lives if you're never tested or challenged then you probably don't know for lack of a better phrase how good of a person you you really can be or really are so i just did a lot of reflecting and and a little bit of visualizing honestly i I visualized myself being handed a piece of paper that said that i failed and i kind of went through those emotions before i had even taken the test um and it, it Sounds silly, not that I'm saying it out loud, but (laughs) like that's legit what I did. I I really had to prepare myself for that because it was a legitimate fear. Like I did not want. That's why it took me three years to actually sign up for the test because I didn't want to fail it.
0: Interesting. That's so interesting. I'm at the complete opposite. So I, I took my level one, and just before taking it, I felt like I wasn't prepared enough. And the moment that I did take it, I remember sitting in the car and and calling my wife and saying, I passed. I know that I passed. Mm. There is no way that I could not pass because I absolutely love this and I absolutely cared about every single part of this. So I know that I passed. And, And obviously there was that nervousness, you know, what about if you didn't? But I was so bought in to the fact that I passed that I knew that I passed and then they had said it would be a week before I found out my results I got my results less than 24 hours later which was incredible right and now I'm looking forward to the L2 and I cannot wait to take the L2 and it's not a matter of do I know that I will or won't pass it's that my preparation I feel is is good enough and my ability to My intention to know the material as much as i can i'm going to give every bit of effort that i can to get it on the contrast to that when i took my real estate exam (laughs) you you saw me go through this this was like misery right and i did prepare for my real estate exam but my intention wasn't to be the world's greatest realtor right it was something that i did almost as a as a side thing and and one of my cousins got me into it so i paid for the course it took me six months to do something that would take a week I wasn't bought into it and it took me four tries to pass the real estate exam and every time i took it i felt confident i went in and i really did feel confident it didn't pass but i still felt confident and at one point my cousin called me and he's like man you've taken it three times already You know, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna get it on the fourth. And I said, and if I have to get it on the 11th, I'll get it on the 11th. You know, at this point, it's just a matter of, can I afford to keep taking the exam? But after I got it, he called me and he was like, I didn't think you were gonna take it again. I thought after the third time you were done. And I said, no, because I've conditioned myself to just grind it out and do it no matter what. My performance wasn't as good as it should have been because it's not my passion. I, I don't truly care about it the same way that I care about this. If I was to go take my level two tomorrow, knowing how the level one was, if it's anything like that, where you take a two-day course and you show up and pay attention and put all your emotion into it, and then you get out what you put into it, I know that I'll pass because this is what I care about. This is what I love, right? So having that mindset is the approach that, has been successful for me. I don't consider like what happens if I don't get my L2? What happens if I don't pass? And if I don't, great. That just means I get to learn more and take it again, right? It just means I get to do the course again with other instructors and learn even more from them. But it isn't in my consideration or wasn't in my consideration when taking my L1 that I, that I wouldn't pass. So I think that's kind of interesting that we're so opposite there. The L3 is a lot harder. You know, we're talking like associate's degree to PhD. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I find that interesting. So let's switch this up a little bit. Let's talk about mindset in our gyms, right? We have... um, so many athletes across gyms you've coached. I'm about to
1: call them all out right now no i'm just kidding. every
0: single one of them you've coached at afterburn you've coached at, at our groveland location you've coached at our uh, claremont gym that's where you're. you're the head coach right so are you able to identify when someone comes in and is in the wrong mindset for that day is that something you can pick up on quickly
1: um I wouldn't use the word mindset, and maybe it's a just a difference of opinion and semantics, but um, I, I don't think you can truly pick up on the mindset that someone is in, like without having some sort of interaction with them. Like once you have a conversation with them, you can kind of pick up on what their mindset is. Um, but just somebody just walking straight in the gym, and you just seeing like their demeanor the way they're carrying themselves, you might be able to pick up on their mood. There might be some people that are really upset and you're just like, okay, that guy's pissed off today. Like, you know, um, but as far as their mindset, like how they're dealing with that emotion or that mood, I don't think that's something that you can really pick up on without having, like I said, some sort of communication with that person and like diving deeper and building a little bit more rapport with them. Um,
0: I disagree. And I only disagree because we do have classes five or six days a week and we see a lot of people multiple times and you can kind of gauge if you know someone just by their demeanor where their mindset shifts are. For me, mindset shifts are a constant thing, right? So if someone can come in and be in a great mood, you see them walk in and they're, hey, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so, great to see you awesome, I'm excited about today. Oh, did you look at the workout? There's double unders, crap, right? The next day they'll walk in and they'll just stroll along, not say hi to anyone, put their bag down, not speak a word, right? Automatically that just tells me, yes, their mood is different, but what caused that, right? So I I particularly gravitate to people when I do see that. When I see someone come in and they're always in a great mood and they're always talking with everybody else, whatever mindset they're in is very different. But I gravitate towards the people that come in and whatever is in their way is now on their shoulder and I can see it, right? They need to get out of their own way, not only so that they can have a good workout, but maybe this is their only opportunity to get this out of their way today. They're Their only chance at getting this monkey off their back, so to speak, is to to have a great workout. And not even so much the workout, quote unquote, what the wad is, right? But I'll just call this hour their workout. This hour needs to be the best hour of their day. And and I kind of see that and, and I've seen it a few times where I've walked up to someone and just during the warm-up, hey, you know, how's your day going? And if they're not typically quiet, they might just be like, oh, you know, today is just another day. And right there, it's almost like I can see SOS out in the sky. <laughs> and and for me, it's been one of the best ways to create that rapport with athletes and to create relationships with them. Um, you know, I've had athletes where they don't show up for a couple of weeks and then I say to myself, it's weird, this this athlete was coming every so often and now it's been a couple of weeks and I reach out to them and they say, hey, you know what? I'm fine. It's just that I'm I'm on vacation. Or, yeah, you know what? I haven't been feeling well. Honestly, things in life are just getting out of control right now and I'm and I'm not great. And I think, you know, those those people, they really appreciate when we reach out to them Um but more than anything, you know, what what it does for their mindset to know that someone cared enough to just say hello or cared enough just to reach out to them, it, it really changes things. I have seen athletes go from, you know, that, that bad week into, hey, I need to come every single day because, you know, you reaching out to me really changed things. And I showed up the next day and I felt great. And then I showed up the next day and I felt great. And now I, I need an unlimited. I need to go to unlimited. I was only on eight classes. Now I need to go to unlimited. I've seen it happen and it's powerful. It, it happened to me. <laughs> it happened to me. I was a, a 12, 12 a month athlete until I was an unlimited athlete. And then now I, I just straight up drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> drank the Kool-Aid. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's important for us to, to be able to Recognize those moods and and where their mindset is, and and make that conscious effort to just reach a hand out, you know. Um, and it's no knock on the coaches who don't regularly do this or it's not part of them, right? So for me, I'm not the performance coach. I'm the happy coach. You know, I'm 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 the fun coach. I may not be the the most proficient with progressions, but. I will pick up when you're having a bad day and when you need five minutes to just vent, I'll pick up on that. And I think it's just as important, right? It's not your physical performance, but it's your mental performance. So, and, and you know, huge shout out to Jen because Jen kind of was that person doing it before I could, you know, she she was there for me when I needed that. And, you know, I've talked about it in the past, I came from having panic attacks to doing CrossFit to get away from that. And there was days where maybe I was borderline a panic attack, but somebody said, hey, you know, how's how's today going? And that little bit of, of concern, that that little bit of intention from that person to just care about me for that minute, even if they didn't care about me after we spoke, right? We separated ways. I went to work, they went to work, and they stopped thinking about me. That's great. But for that moment in time, it was enough to shift my mindset to, hey, I matter. You know? So I, I think I think it's important for us as coaches definitely to to be in tune with our athletes in that way. Um, not every athlete is gonna show up and just crack jokes every day like Roan. <laughs> you know, I think Roan is is he's a he's a dream athlete for any coach because I mean that guy will turn anybody's frown upside down. <laughs> but um you know and and i'm sure ron does does work and practices being a positive guy too right it's not just something that we're born with so um speaking of that do you think there are people that just have a perfect mindset they're just born with that that you know that perfection and they don't have to worry about being stressed out they don't have to worry about anything
1: um do I think that some people are more um, inherently laid back? <laughs> I do. I also think that it's a, a circumstance of conditioning as well, like um, the way that we're raised uh, from you know being an adolescent on through our, our most impressionable years, like how you handle once again, how you handle difficult or how you handle adversity through those times, the mentors or role models or lack thereof that you have during that time can definitely set the foundation of what your mindset is going into your, your later years, your adulthood, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I don't think there's anybody born with any mindset whatsoever because you, just don't have the the cognitive capacity to have a mindset as an as a a, an infant. But, you know, once you start paying more attention to your parents, you know, once you're a toddler, and you're starting to test the boundaries of what you can get away with and what you can't get away with, like those start to build some of that foundational framework for what your mindset actually is.
0: So like, Matt Fraser, for example, you don't think he was just born with the mindset of whatever it is, I'm going to outwork it.
1: No, not at all. No, not at all. I don't bit. either.
0: <laughs> I, I've either. read his book. I know he hasn't, but I also, I'm also I mean, a big fan of his two coach. Olympic
1: parents. So I mean, I think that had yeah. a little bit more to do with his mindset.
0: I, I'm also a big fan of his coach, Ben, Ben Berger. I know you are too. Who's huge on mindset. Right. Um, and, and I think, it's such a crucial part of us developing not only as athletes, but just as humans, right? Understanding this and, and putting the conscious effort to practice a positive mindset, a, a curious mindset, um, to practice living with the intention of always putting your best foot forward, you know, whether it's a workout, whether it's going to the grocery store, whether it's homework, I mean, we could get into the homework conversation, man. I can't tell you what homework has done in my household, but <laughs> there are days where, you know, I, it it it's worse. I would rather go and do a hundred burpees, mm. but being right. able to take a step back and say, "All right, what is what is the challenge here?" Okay, fine. It's math. How how can I get through this and show my my child? that it's not a bad thing to get this wrong, you know, let's try to figure it out and get it wrong, and then we'll figure out how we got it wrong in order to get it right, versus just make sure you get it right, because if you don't get it right and it's wrong, you're, you're inferior, you've failed, you're not doing good enough, you're not putting enough effort. So I've, I've made that, that shift. I've tried to make that shift with with my daughters when we do homework because that's how I was raised, right? Do your homework. You better get it all right. And then go to school and get everything right on the test. I try to encourage them to do their best. And if they don't pass, then you have to learn from what you didn't pass. You have to learn the questions you got wrong and figure it out so that next time you can get it right, yeah. which I, I think, again, it, it goes back to my mindset shift i wish that at their age someone was doing it for me yeah um and and that goes back to me being a coach i would you know i was fortunate that i had a coach who was doing that for me you know my coaches ricky um lewis jen um they were all crucial in in my mindset shift as an athlete and that helped me be a better person that helped me be a better human that helped me develop the the courage to leave my job. And now I wanna pay that forward. I want, I want my athletes to look up to me and say, well, you know what? I, I need to vent today. Whatever it is that that happened, I wanna talk about it and I wanna get out of the way so that not only I can have a good workout, but so that I can figure out how to get past this. And that's one thing I want to make clear for all of our athletes. Our door is always open so to speak right and we we don't really have a door <laughs> but but yeah we're, we're always here for you guys and and I know that it may not be the most comfortable thing for some of us or to, to just open up to someone right um, but we, we aren't just your your coaches to make sure that you have a good you know deadlift a good good form when you're doing pull-ups to, to make sure that you can PR when you when you do your next. Um, movement, we really do care about you as people. At the end of the day, I don't care if you're the strongest athlete in the world. If you're suffering something, whatever it may be, and you really want to talk about it, you know, I'm here, Keith's here, your coach, whichever coach it may be, is there for you. And and this is the culture that Sweat Factory, I think is is, it's what really makes us set apart from other gyms. I have had people especially at our afterburn gym, we get so many drop-ins over there. And I've had people come in and say, wow, this gym is, is incredible. Um, I've also had athletes who do drop-ins at other gyms when they go on vacation and they come back. I just had one this morning. He went to a gym over in Alabama and he came back and he, he did his class. And he's like, man, I did a drop-in at, at another gym. And it really just isn't the same. It really just isn't the same. So what you guys are doing here. Is working, and you know that that gives us pride. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone <laughs> wants to talk mindset, especially with me, that that I'm open to talk about all day long. Um, all right, let's talk about mindset in preparation for a competition. You are the competition class coach. You are doing a hell of good job with that, man. The, the classes get better every week, um, but. Let's talk about preparing our minds for going into competition, right? Um, There isn't a rule book for this. There isn't a standard protocol for, hey, this is how you should think going into competition. But what are a few common things that most people go through that you would like to just, hey, guys, keep this in mind when you're doing a competition XXX?
1: Um, well, first, I would encourage you to read both of Ben Bergeron's books because he kind of <laughs> that, set the standard that, for that, that. That is the problem. <laughs> Um And there's tons of other resources. Um, if you've ever heard of Driven Mindset, all of her stuff is – I mean, she works with a bunch of elite-level CrossFitters. So, um, I mean, there, there are resources and things out there um, to set the stage for that. What I would say – Yeah, I want
0: what Keith says. I don't want what uh, what these other people are saying.
1: Well, I'm just regurgitating what what they're saying. (laughs) I tell people all the time, I'm not really that smart. I'm just really good at repeating stuff that smart people say. (laughs) Well, but I want Uh, from your experience. Yeah. yeah. Before
0: you've gone into your competitions, what have you learned from your competitions where you said to
1: yourself, I didn't need to do that,
0: or I should have done this instead?
1: Um, The main thing with from my perspective it's just focusing on things that are so far out of your control that worrying about them was just a detriment to your entire experience, not even just the competition itself or even your performance. It was just like the other things that you could have been influencing more suffered because you were worrying about all of these things that are completely out of your control. Um, I had a conversation with Allison when we were working on her um, ground overhead. She wants to get 100 pounds from ground overhead, um, either clean and jerk or snatch. But I want her to snatch it. She doesn't know that yet, though. (laughs) Um, Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I had a conversation with her because she was doing one of the uh, Festivus games. I think it was the one back in April or May or whenever the one before the last one. Mm um and she was like my I just don't want to come in last I just don't want to come in last and I asked her I was like okay if a bunch of CrossFit Games athletes sign up and you're the only one that's not a Games athlete in that division like are you gonna come in last (laughs) (laughs) And, and obviously she said yeah so I was like that's one of those things that you can't control you don't get to decide where you place on the leaderboard Um, As much as we think we can influence that, we we really can't. Uh, But going into it with that mindset, you're probably so nervous that you're not paying attention to your hydration. You're not paying attention to your nutrition. You're not paying attention to your recovery after your events because you're so focused on not coming in last that you almost it becomes this. um, What's that phrase? um self-fulfilling prophecy you know what i mean like you're like oh i don't want to come in last i don't want to come in last and you're so worried about that that you end up coming in last (laughs) so um so that's probably the main thing that i would say uh the biggest lessons i've learned from competing as far as mindset goes is just like literally laser focus on the things that you can control and there's there's not that many of them There's not that many of them. (laughs) Agreed. There's not that many of them. Laser focus on those. Um, And then the second thing is probably just after an event, regardless of how it went, good, bad, or indifferent, you get one minute. You get 60 seconds, reflect on that event, and then put it away and focus on the next one. Um, Same thing. You can keep beating yourself up about the event that you just had, or you can just be celebrating too long about the event that you just had. You know, everybody's going to ask you, like, let's say you win an event. Everybody's going to want to talk to you about it. Everybody's going to want to high five you and hug you and all of that. And you might skip your cool down routine, or you might skip your stretching that you had planned, or you might skip your post uh, event shake that you had planned or something like that. And then you're going into your next event unprepared because of how much you were celebrating your last event. So um, I always say I give myself one minute, reflect on it, do you think? All right, after that minute, we're on to the next event.
0: Yeah, I would I would echo some of that. I think you have a lot more than I do. I, I simplified it so much after my first competition. Um, I remember standing there getting ready to do the first, the first workout and... I was very serious. I was very engaged and focused and just talking to myself. And at one point, um, I I just, I looked over at the crowd and I was like, I'm I'm reverting back to how I was when I played basketball as a kid. I was always so serious and I hardly ever played. (laughs) I was always so serious and so determined and focused. I was gonna put out my best effort and I hardly ever played. And so here I was, You know, I haven't competed in, what, 25, 30 years. So now I said to myself, okay, why am I so serious right now? Why why am I taking this so serious? I'm not getting paid. Nobody's sponsoring me. I'm just here to have fun, right? So I kind of snapped myself out of it, smiled. I said, let's just have fun. And we ended up having a great competition. It was the Tampa Bay Games. We all did better than we anticipated that we would. And it was really enlightening for me um, to feel what that was like. And then when I went into Festivus Games, which is in and of itself supposed to be a, a lighter, quote unquote, competition than Tampa Bay games, you know, my, my teammate was like, oh man, you know, have you been able to do anything? I had, I had the stress of starting a new position. He had the stress of starting a new position. I kind of said the same thing to myself. I said, take your experience and move forward, right? Just have fun. I just want to have fun. I didn't concern myself where I would be on the leaderboard. I concerned myself with embracing the moment and enjoying it. I don't know when I'll be able to compete. I don't know if, you know, something will happen that'll prevent me from competing again an injury or, you know, a vacation, whatever it may be, right? So embrace the moment, enjoy it, and do your best. Right. And and that's all I did. Um, What I will recommend to everyone, regardless of what you're thinking or what you're doing, if you're going into a competition, really focus on your nutrition. <laughs> the nutrition is just so important. And it's not only going to help fuel you for the competition, but especially after I was sore for a week after Festivus Games, and it had to do with my preparation, but I think it also had to do with my nutrition. As much as I wanted to, I just couldn't stop being in pain, man. (laughs) But, yeah, back to the mindset thing, definitely definitely embrace that moment. Um, You know, just like we've been talking about the intention, go in with the intention of doing your best. Don't go in with expectations. Don't go in thinking you're going to – be the best or not be the worst or
1: so sorry to cut you off, but what would be your biggest different differentiator? I don't think that's a word. It might be. (laughs) What would be your biggest differences between intention and expectations? Intention
0: you can do without having an expectation. If I go in expecting to do fourth place or better, third place or better, and then I don't hit fourth place or better, That could be very detrimental to me. If I go in with the intention of doing my absolute best, regardless of the outcome, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. I can come home and look at myself in the mirror and know that I did my best, which is what I did. And I was super happy with how we did. Regardless of the fact that we didn't podium, I was okay with that because I knew going in that I hadn't prepared enough. I hadn't eaten to the extent that the the precise extent that I did going into the uh, the other competition. I know that I, I had other things going on that were creating effect that were going to impact my performance. So my intention was to go have fun and do the best. My expectation, I tried not to have one. I really tried not to have one because had I gone in with one, there's a good chance I would have let myself down. That's my biggest differentiator. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to have to look that up now. Differentiator. I'm pretty sure differentiator is a word. We'll 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 take it. Google says, but while I'm looking this up, um, how do you feel about turning this into a series? Like this being series one on mindset and then maybe going a little bit deeper into how people can use practical applications to start improving their mindset. Maybe like a part two and a part three, or maybe just a part two.
0: I'd be perfectly fine with that. If um, you know, if, if if our listeners want to hear it, definitely let us know. I, I could talk mindset all day. I mean, I coach a mindset hour every week in one of my other jobs. I could do this all day, <laughs> every, every week. Day. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll just record your calls and then put them out here. <laughs> like, like I said,
0: man, um, you know, the, the biggest reason why I'm here is because of my mindset and and what I needed to shift it to. Um Prior to 2020, my mindset was not what it needed to be. Um, and I'm grateful for it not being there because it led me here. Mm. But if I can help anybody change their mindset and live their lives with better intentions, um, then, then my purpose is served. As a CrossFit coach, as a sweat factory coach, my biggest I wouldn't say goal, but the thing that I want the most, my intention when I walk in any gym is to create a positive impact in everyone around me. And whether that be just for that minute or having that minute move on to the rest of the day, that's that's really all I want. It's all I want. I don't care if somebody does you know a hundred pound PR, that's short lived, it's short lived it that could get overshadowed by their next pr or you know it could happen like happened to one of our buddies who who missed a deadlift by 100 pounds than he did the previous time because his mindset wasn't prepared to not be able to hit the same number he did the previous time it shattered him Mm -hmm. and and it was hard for him to come back from that so for me that is that is my biggest intention is to make sure that everyone gets the absolute best experience possible in our gyms and that's as a coach and a general manager now
1: (laughs) a little plug there
0: yeah all right yeah man so i think i think this will wrap up this one and if you want to do a series on this i'm definitely open to it if anybody wants to hear more on this specific topic please reach out to us again on our instagram failure is progress all lowercase um We both manage that, so you might hear from one or the other of us. And if you want to speak to us in person, you guys know where to find us in the gyms. Happy Halloween to everybody.
1: Happy Halloween, guys. And we'll catch you on the next one.